all right, all right. Welcome to Investment Banking Insights. My name is Alex Mason and I am your host. This is the show dedicated to helping you learn both the technical and non-technical aspects of investment banking. And we're just covering the basics. That's what we're doing here on the show right now. And I've dedicated just the first hundred or so episodes to all the basic concepts. And then beyond that, we'll be going into some more advanced concepts and we'll be talking more about behaviorals in the future. But for now, we're talking about accounting. We return to the accounting uh, type of questions. And these next few episodes are going to be a series of questions related to a specific scenario, walking through a company's transactions over time. And so this first episode uh, that we're going to be doing with this scenario is with this situation. Let's say that a company buys a factory. They're buying $100 worth of factories, and they're using debt to fund the purchase. At the beginning of year one, how are the financial statements affected? So we have a company, it's buying $100 worth of factories, and it's using debt to do so. So what happens? All right, so let's break this down. And as we've been doing with accounting questions in general, we want to be systematic with how we think about this as well as our response. And what that demonstrates to the person asking us this question in our interviews is it's just demonstrating that we thought about it. We thought about it and we know how to communicate clearly. We're not rambling on. So let's first start with the income statement. We're buying the factories for $100. We're using debt, but nothing has been sold. Nothing has been sold. And therefore, the income statement is not affected at all by this transaction at the beginning of year one. We could just move on to the cash flow statement now. We have no change in the operating cash flow, um, but moving on to the investing cash flow, we bought a factory and that's an investment in the business. So that makes sense that we have a $100 cash outflow or decrease in the investing cash flow set section because the business has now purchased a factory, which is property, plant, and equipment, or PP&E. So negative $100 there. And then moving further down the cash flow statement, the financing cash flow statement section increases by $100 because we funded this purchase using debt. And when you raise debt, that's where it shows up. It shows up in the financing cash flow section of the cash flow statement because the business took out a loan to raise money for the purchase. But all in all, if we go to the bottom of the cash flow statement, we have negative 100 in the investing section plus 100 in the financing section. So that cancels out. So there's no net change in cash due to this purchase at the beginning of year one. Moving on to the third financial statement, the balance sheet, what's happened here? Well, our cash position didn't change. So that remains unchanged there on the asset side but we did gain an asset. We now have these factories. So $100 of PP&E increases on the asset side of the balance sheet, but guess what? We paid for it with debt, right? So on the liability side of the balance sheet, we have an increase in $100 of debt there. So that cancels out our balance sheet balances. And maybe I shouldn't use the word cancels out, but uh, plus 100 minus 100 equals zero. So ultimately the balance sheet balances. And that is what happens to the financial statements when a company buys a factory with debt at the beginning of year one. 
Now let's go ahead and extend this. You know, <laughs> I was going to make a whole nother episode for this, but let's just keep on rolling with this to talk about what happens in year two. And this is important to understand how these things change over time, because in real business situations, you want to understand how these parts are moving on the financial statements, because it helps you gives you insight as a banker into how a deal is going to affect different things. And so at the beginning of year two, we have to make a couple of assumptions. First of all, we borrowed money as the company. So we're going to have to pay some interest. Well, let's assume a 10% interest rate. And then we also purchased this asset, a factory. And let's assume that the factory depreciates at 10% per year. So two key assumptions, high interest debt of 10% and the factory depreciates at 10% per year. We're also going to assume that in throughout year one, between the beginning of year one and the beginning of year two, no principal on the debt is paid off. It's only interest that's paid. Okay, so those are some key assumptions. So now what happens, we fast forward in time another year. So what happens to the income statement now? Let's go ahead and walk through the three statements. Well, in the income statement, we know that we're paying interest on debt. And that is an expense that we've got to record on our income statement. So what is 10% of 100? It's $10. That means that our pre-tax income takes a hit of $10 on the income statement. And then we also have to account for depreciation. So we have these assets, we have these factories that are depreciating, and we are assuming a 10% rate of depreciation here. So the factory value was $100 at the beginning of year one, but now we're at the beginning of year two. And so 10% of $100 depreciation expense is $10. So, hey, we got to account for that. So we have $10 of interest expense, $10 of depreciation, That means a total of a $20 hit to pre-tax income on the income statement. So pre-tax income is down $20. Now we have to assume a tax rate here in order to get our way to net income as we usually do. And let's go ahead and assume a 40% tax rate. Well, that would mean that the net income is down by $12. And just as a reminder of how we're getting from pre-tax income all the way to net income with that tax rate, if the tax rate is 40%, that means that $8 is being taken out as taxes. So 20 minus 8 equals 12. So net income is down by $12. Okay, so we've got negative $12 at the bottom of the income statement for net income. Let's carry that over to the cash flow statement as we always do. So negative $12 at the top of the cash flow statement, but now we have to figure out what's going on next. So we now have to add back non-cash expenses in the operating cash flows section. And we know that depreciation is a non-cash expense and we expense $10 for depreciation. So we're adding back the $10. So operating cash flow, we have negative $12 plus $10 gives us negative $2 in operating cash flow. All right, now we're going to keep going. And I just want to note here that the financing cash flow section of the cash flow statement is unaffected here, even though we're paying interest expense. 
if the company doesn't pay down the principal on the loan or raise new money with new loans, then that doesn't affect the financing cash flow statement as far as debt. So if we're only paying interest, financing cash flow statement is unaffected. So important note there, that's something that I was wondering that I kind of think about and look up and wanted to share with you. So that's the only effect for the cash flow statement down negative $2 overall. Investing cash flow section is not affected by this transaction or this uh, interest expense or depreciation. So moving on to the balance sheet, we got negative $2 that flows up to the asset side of the balance sheet. The cash line item is down by $2. And then we also have to factor in the fact that this depreciation has happened. Remember that PP&E, that factory that we bought? It was worth $100, but we just took a $10 depreciation hit because one year has passed. So now that asset is worth $90. So PP&E is down $10 because of the depreciation. And then, so we have negative $2 in cash, negative $10 in depreciation. So on the asset side of the balance sheet, we're down $12. Okay, what about the liability and, and shareholders' equity side? Well, we know that our net income was down $12 from looking at the income statement. And so that flows right into shareholders' equity. Negative $12 in shareholders' equity balances out the asset side of the balance sheet, negative 12 and negative 12. And here, liabilities has not changed at all. Remember, just like the cash flow financing section, there's no change here in the principal value of the loan, so no change in our liabilities here. So that's what happens in year two. And before we move forward, I want to just quickly recap what's happened here with these first two years and these assumptions. So in year one, the company bought the factory for $100 and they issued debt. We know that the income statement wasn't affected at all because nothing was sold and there was no kinds of operating expenses associated with that. It was an asset purchase. So income statement wasn't affected. Cash flow statement was affected because cash had to be paid for the factory and cash was raised with debt. And it also affected the balance sheet because, hey, you got a factory, you got assets on the balance sheet now. And so that was influenced there as well. Now, in year two, we assumed that there was some interest paid and we assumed some depreciation. So that means that the income statement took a hit because of interest expense. And then on the cash flow statement, we had cash actually leaving the company. So um, operating cash flow was affected. And then uh, as far as the balance sheet, that was also affected too because of depreciation. So we had a couple things going on there. Now what we're going to do is move on to what happens at the beginning of year three. Let's say that another year passes in the life of this company and let's make some additional assumptions. Let's assume that the factory that the company purchased all the way back at the beginning of year one has broken down now and it has to be written down to a value of $0. So let's assume a write down. And then let's also assume that the entirety of the $100 loan that we borrowed all the way back at the beginning of year one now has to be paid back. So two major things happening here. The factory's broken down and we've got to write down the value of that asset. So, okay, how do we think about that in the context of the three financial statements? And then also we have to assume that this loan is paid back. So let's see what's going on here. So just as we always do, let's start with the income statement. What is happening here? So we know that the factory continued to depreciate between the beginning of year two and beginning of year three. 
So depreciation expense of $10 happens yet again. So the factory that was worth $100 at the beginning, remember it got depreciated to $90 after one year. And now that another year has passed, it's got depreciated down to $80. But we're not going to write the depreciation expense as another $10 like we did last time because we're writing down the value of this entire asset. We're saying it's $0 now. So we have a depreciation expense of $80. So we're writing off this whole thing. It was worth $80, but now we're just saying, okay, it went from $80 to $0. So that's a pre-tax expense of $80. And then in order to get to net income, let's again assume a tax rate of 40%. And the way that I do this mental math like kind of quickly for a tax rates like this is I like to say, okay, if the tax rate is 40%, what's 10%? And I say, what's 10% of 80? Well, 10% of 80 is eight. That's pretty simple to figure out. So now in order to get to 40%, I just need to multiply that by four because four times 10% is 40%. So four times eight is 32. So I know that $32 is gonna be taken out in taxes, right? So now we have this pre-tax expense of $80 minus $32 in taxes. And what's 80 minus 32? Well, we can break that into easier chunks and just say that's 80 minus 30 minus 2. So 80 minus 30 is 50, and 50 minus 2 is 48. So net income is down $48. Just a little tidbit for you there. If maybe you struggle with mental math a little bit, that's something you can do is just kind of break the numbers up into more manageable chunks. So we had pre-tax expense go down by $80, and that went down with a 40% tax rate to negative $48 in net income. All right, so that's the income statement. Let's keep on going to the cash flow statement. So we start, of course, with a change in net income at the top, which is down $48, and we're gonna add back some non-cash charges which in this case is the write down of the value of the factory, which was $80. So we got to add back that $80. And so our operating cash flow increases. So negative $48 plus $80 equals plus $32. So our operating cash flow increased by $32. That's what happens there. The investing cash flow section, there's no change here. And then in the financing cash flow section, we do have an impact here because we also said, remember, that we're assuming that the entire loan is now paid back at the beginning of year three. So the loan was for $100. So the financing cash flow goes down by $100 since we're using up cash now to pay off the loan. It's a cash outflow from the company's perspective. So, okay, we got these things going on here in the cash flow statement. In the operating cash flow section, Remember, remember, cash flow increased by $32. Investing cash flow is not affected, but the financing cash flow is down $100. So plus 32 minus 100 equals negative 68. So overall cash is down on the cash flow statement by $68. All right, I know the numbers are <laughs> getting, getting a little weird here because they're not like even round numbers like we've been used to in prior examples, but just keep following with me. We're almost there. So now we go to the balance sheets. So remember, the end change in cash affects the cash line item on the balance sheet. So if we're down $68 from the cash flow statement, we know that the cash 
line item on our asset side of our balance sheet is also down by $68 because that loan needed to be paid off and that was the net change in cash. Also, our property, plant, and equipment has decreased by $80 because we wrote that down completely. We're saying, okay, this factory was worth $80, but now we're saying it's worth zero. So that PP&E decreased from 80 down to zero. So assets decreased by negative $68 minus $80 equals negative $148 because your cash is going down and your asset value is going down. So negative $148 on the asset side. All right, almost toward the end. Now on the liability and equity side, what happened? Well, our liability section was impacted here because we paid the loan off. So that means that our liabilities went down by $100 because that loan was now paid in full. So that happened. And then what about shareholders' equity? Remember, our net income was down by $48, and that directly reduces shareholders' equity by $48 as well. So we have the liabilities going down by $100, shareholders' equity going down by $48, and so the total on that side of the balance sheet is negative $148. So the balance sheet balances because overall assets are down by $148 and on the liabilities and equity side, we're also down by $148 and the balance sheet is now balanced. (laughs) Yes, yes. And I encourage you to re-listen to this episode and work it out on paper with me this time when you're doing it. Um, Walk through year one walk through year two, and then walk through year three, because a couple distinct things are happening. What are the concepts that we're learning here? We're learning how the financial statements are affected by raising capital with debt. We're learning how they're affected when you pay interest, what happens when you have depreciation expense, and we're learning what happens when you write down the value of an asset and what happens when you pay off debt. Those are really the concepts encapsulated in this series of three questions related to a company buying a factory and then writing it down. So go back and listen to them. I know the numbers are kind of a lot in in podcast form. If it's purely audio, it may be hard to follow. I know it's hard for, for me to follow podcasters sometimes when I'm listening to them talk numbers, but go back and listen to this again and work it out on paper and, and see if you can make sense of it. But the principles of what we are doing just now are exactly the same as what we've been doing in other examples, just with other nuances related to these concepts. Okay, so we just tackled a lot today. The next episode will be definitely a little bit lighter. We're going to be talking about a different accounting concept and what happens when a company sells a product. So join me next time on Investment Banking Insights. My name is Alex Mason. I am your host, and I'm so grateful you're here. I'll see you next time.